I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. spiritual home for so many in our nation's capital. The Washington, D.C. Temple of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Join Boyd Matheson as he hosts lawmakers, Washington VIPs, and members of the church. This week, special broadcasts of Inside Sources, live from the open house of the D.C. Temple. We will be here Monday through Thursday here in our nation's capital and uh, bringing uh, so many different perspectives of what's happening at the open house of the Washington, D.C. Temple, as well as things that are happening in our nation's capital as both the House and the Senate come back into session this week. And one of the interesting things to me is we always talk about this division, the divide in America. And usually we talk about it in terms of Democrats and Republicans, conservative and liberal But where are the real divisions? It might not be where you think. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, we do tend to talk about division and the great divide in the country. And we usually talk about it in those political terms of left, right, conservative, liberal, Republican, Democrat. Uh, But that's actually not where the biggest divisions are. And I think because of that, because we think the divisions are within those left and right uh, places, we miss the fact that uh, we're missing it completely, actually. Uh, and so there was a really interesting piece uh, in American Press Institute. Uh, Yana Krupnikov uh, had some just really interesting research. She is a uh, political science scholar at Stony Brook University in New York. She's co-author of the book The Other Divide polarization and disengagement uh, in American politics. And I think she's really on to something in terms of what we're really experiencing out there. And the the real divide is between those who are hyper-involved in politics and everybody else. You have those that are moderately involved and those that are just a little more on the oblivious side and and further out. Uh, And so she described this part of the picture this difference between people who make politics a central part of their life and those who do not. Uh, For example, most people dislike the political elites of both parties, uh, but don't direct any anger, you know, towards the average ordinary voter or the uh, the deeply involved, uh, those that uh, really get into the, the the politics and the policy of it all. Uh, it's interesting. Journalists, of course, play into this equation as well as they talk about the behavior of this polarized country that we live in. But again, it's if you take the difference between those who are, let's say, posting 
a political opinion every day or 10 times a day or 100 times a day on their social media feed versus those who are looking at those things occasionally versus those who are completely disconnected. Uh, And the problem and the challenge is that the way you communicate with folks has to be different. And so to me, the bigger divide is between some of the political elites uh, and everybody else. Because everybody else is not consumed by it 24-7. They're not angered by it 24-7. They're not planning and scheming or deciding, you know, who to have contempt for 24-7. Because they're working their jobs, they're raising their families, they're volunteering at uh, at schools and athletic teams and, and making a difference in their communities. And so I think that's one thing that we have to start looking at a little bit differently in terms of the divide. Part of the divide is just those that are just hyper-engaged, over-engaged, uh, and those who are moderately engaged and those who aren't engaged. And obviously we prefer engaged to non-engaged. Uh, everyone has to be part of the process. Uh, but we have to be able to go beyond that. So we have to kind of think again about in terms of uh, where those divides actually come from. Uh, there was another uh, great piece over the weekend uh, from the dispatch. Uh, David French uh, took time to go through just a couple of sentences. Uh, and one of the things I love about David French is that he will look at something very small uh, and start to, to pull that apart and tease it out a little bit. And so he took two sentences from the Declaration of Independence and two sentences from a letter that John Adams wrote to the Massachusetts militia in 1798. And these two sentences in these documents really define the American social compact, this connection. So coming from the Declaration of Independence, he chose, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by the Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. Uh, The first sentence, of course, is one we talk about often. The second sentence we don't talk about nearly enough. And that is the duty of government to recognize and protect that dignity. And so while the sole purpose of government isn't to protect liberty, a government that fails to protect liberty uh, has kind of blown the, the main job it's supposed to do. So now let's shift to to John Adams' two sentences. Uh, And again, David French pointed these out, uh, that uh, this letter contains uh, a very famous line, which is, our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Uh, So that's the sentence most people know. But the think again moment is you go a little higher up. The sentences that precede that. Uh, Adams said this, Because we have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions that are unbridled by morality or religion, uh, ambition, revenge, or gallantry would break the strongest cords of our Constitution as a whale goes through a net. Uh, So to put that in plain English, uh, David French described it. This means that when public virtue fails, our constitutional government does not possess the power to preserve itself. And so this is what I love about this. The American experiment depends on both the government upholding its obligation to preserve and protect 
and the American people have to live up to their end uh, and exercise liberty towards virtuous purposes. So to me, that's really an interesting way to look at it. That, again, as we look at and talk about divides of many kinds, uh, we, have to, uh, we have to get ready uh, you know, in a little bit different way. Uh, I think it's also interesting to note that um, the divide that David French talks about uh, in this is the fact that the, the divide is not being driven by the oppressed. Uh, it is the, the most educated, most free, most prosperous people in the history of the world. Uh, we all enjoy freedom and opportunity that no prior generation of humans ever have experienced. And we get to do that in America under this awesome umbrella of the most powerful military in the history of the world. Uh, but it's interesting how much discontent there is. And so think about it. Think about where most of those who are driving divisions and sowing the seeds of contempt, they're very well educated, they're very wealthy, they're very mobile, uh, and they're the ones that are driving it. And so that's an interesting thing. Most of those who have the hottest of hot takes that have the most divisive of, of rhetoric and anger and fear and frustration, uh, it's the educated uh, and so that's an interesting component in terms of what we're really driving. We're going to continue to drill into this uh, over the next couple of days as we're in our nation's capital, uh, because I, I think that's part of the uh, the challenge is we have to look at what is it? Government has a job to do and civil society has a job to do. A virtuous, faithful people have a job to do. Uh, and that's actually how we preserve the union and move the country forward. Much more to come on a special edition of Inside Sources from our nation's capital here at the Washington, D.C. Temple of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, coming up, much more here on Inside Sources. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.